Hey world, you're listening to Globe Thotter, the pod that puts the lover in travel lover. I'm your fearless and flirty host, Cassie Martinez. A solo traveler and digital nomad for over seven years and counting, I've mixed business with pleasure ever since my first solo trip in 2016, when I ditched my flight home after falling in love in and with Lisbon. Join me each episode as I swap juicy travel stories with a slew of amazing adventurers who, like me, kiss and tell. Dating, backpacking, main character moments, we're going there. And you're coming with me. Hello, friends. Welcome back. How we doing? Globetrotterpod is back with a fresh spanking new episode. And I've got to say, the convo you're about to hear is simply jam-packed with titillating conversation and major tea spillage. For Globetrotter's first full episode since I've made it back from a chaotic AF Euro summer, I'm sitting down with none other than the nomadic nympho, aka Janika Jewel. A travel and sex-positive content creator, Janika is on a mission to lead a quote, uninhibited and pleasure-filled life while helping those across the world embrace their inner certified freak. Something we definitely can get behind here at Globetrotter Pod. From spicing things up with a travel lover and the best sex toys to take abroad, to practicing safe sex and getting tested after a trip, This episode both enlightens and lightens the mood around subjects that are so often spoken about in harsh tones, or worse, in shame. And you know, here at Globefather, we don't play that. But before we dive in, I've got a big announcement. Globefather's 2024 group trip calendar is officially out, and we're doing it big next year. I'm talking massive. In 2024, I'm going to be taking you guys to four different amazing destinations all around the globe. And by knowing the trip calendar ahead of time, you'll get to pick your perfect trip or two before the year even begins. So let's get a taste of what the year has to come. Starting 2024 off strong in February, we are ringing in Galentine's as a girl gang in Sayulita, Mexico. A tucked away surfer town, Sayulita is a charming Pueblo Mágico whose nightlife packs quite the punch. After celebrating Galentine's there last year, I just knew we had to go back. Because honestly, it's one of my favorite places on the planet, and I know it's soon to be yours too. During our seven days in Sayulita, we're going to be treating ourselves to everything we deserve. I'm talking hour-long beach massages, salsa, and surf lessons— and even hosting our very own sunset sale with unlimited eats and cocktails. And this sunset sale that I'm talking about, it's not just any ordinary boat trip. It's freaking majestic. Last year, we saw whales. Whales, plural, not just one. Just picture it now, buzzed off delicious margaritas, already crying at the beautiful sunset. And then freaking whales start jumping in the air, right in front of our boat. Just putting on a show for us. Yep, that's Sayulita for ya. Freaking magical. You know what else is magical? The $100 early bird discount I'm offering on our Sayulita trip until the end of October. All you gotta do is drop the code Take Me Back at checkout, and voila, major savings. Hopping back in the group trip calendar, let's fast forward to March, where I'm gonna be taking you guys on a trip to one of my biggest bucket list spots, Guatemala. During our seven days together down south, we'll be hitting both Antigua and Lake Atitlan. I'm talking adult summer camp vibes over here. We're going to be filling our days with volcano hikes, ziplining, ATV rides, and so much more. 
So if you're on the more adventurous side, this trip is a cannot miss. To be the first to know when Guatemala's trip launches for bookings, be sure to sign up for my email newsletter, which is going to be linked in this episode's description. Fast forward to May, we are setting off to Morocco, a beautiful country that left an incredible mark on my heart when I first went to visit this past summer. I am so excited to show y'all Morocco's beauty. Our week-long trip in Morocco will span city, desert, and sea, and simply cannot be missed. I'm currently finalizing the itinerary, so be sure to subscribe to the newsletter to hop on this trip when it goes live, because excitement for this one is already high. And now last, but certainly not least, we're headed to Euro Summer Headquarters, aka Barcelona, Spain, in June. Because truly, it does not get better than summertime in Spain with the girls. Like, come on now. During our week together, we're going to be painting the town red and enjoying Barcelona's amazing nightlife and cuisine, as well as checking out some charming neighboring towns and flirting with some cute Spaniards, of course. So if seven dreamy days in Barcelona sounds your speed, you know what to do. Follow Globethotter across social media and better yet, jump on that email newsletter to not miss a single update. For real, because how many times have you missed someone's IG story because of that dang algorithm? but you never miss an email now, do you? Just trust me on this one, you guys. You don't want to play with your vacation. Be sure to subscribe. So without further ado, buckle up and lift those tray tables because Globefather is taking off. So welcome, welcome, Janika. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? I am doing phenomenal. It's lovely to see your face and those poppin' curls. We've both got our froze a fro in under <laughs> yes. big old headphones, and we look amazing. <laughs> Where are you joining from today? I am in Ontario, Canada. Oof, cold. Like, kind of close to Toronto. It's actually 30 degrees here. It's been 30 degrees for, like, the last few days, so I'm I'm living life right now. But we're supposed to get snow next week. That would kill me. I'm a Texan and 30 degrees is like pullover, fuzzy socks, heater on. Dude, yeah, we're wimps. (laughs) Wait, but I don't know the... Wait, are you talking in Fahrenheit? I forgot that our systems are different. So what is that? Oh my God. (sighs) 75. I don't know the, the imperial system. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. So that's more normal. That's more normal. Okay. I was like, it's 30 degrees and you're thriving. (laughs) Yes. It's hot. (laughs) Okay. You know what? I love that. That makes sense so much on a travel podcast with all these like little cultural differences. Us Canadians and Americans, we think we're so alike, but like, it's like the little subtleties, isn't it? Yes. That make us so different. Like the bagged milk. Oh, what? That's a big one. (laughs) Excuse me? (laughs) (laughs) Please inform us. We have our milk is in bags and then we put them in like pitchers and pour it. But every time I tell my American friends that our milk is bagged, they go into a frenzy. That's just making me think of like bagged wine, like boxed wine. It's like slap the bag. Like this was a college thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, we did that too. You slap your milk ever? Like, (laughs) I mean, I might start now. That seems kind of fun. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, cool. So did you always grow up in Canada? Or is that home for you? Yes, um, my mom is born in Jamaica. My dad's from Barbados. So Caribbean Mm -hmm. background, but born and raised in in Ontario, Canada, definitely ready to, to leave this behind. It's been a while. 
Oh, I hear you. I hear you. I am like just a couple weeks away from embarking too on like my spring summer extravaganza. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a weird feeling like ready, but at the same time, like can time slow down a little bit so I can get these online orders in and possible returns done <laughs> before <laughs> that's the timer in my head going off. Are you born and raised in Texas? Yeah, yeah, actually. Born, raised here. This is for those not able to see. I'm in my childhood bedroom right now. And that is really the dynamic that has worked for me really basically since 2020. I was living in LA for six years. And that's really where the travel bug bit me. I Mm -hmm. was living with my best friend. And we both kind of had an agreement with each other of like, okay, dude, let's sublet. You go for a month. I'll go for a month. We kind of like just kept it fair and square. And, you know, maybe for someone listening, that's something that your apartment complex allows you to do or your housemates like propose it because it really worked out super well for us. We just had rules though. Like we were always very fair of like, okay, I met some girl off Craigslist who wants to take over my rent for a month or two while I go to Europe and gallivant, but you can meet her over Zoom. Like zhuzh okay. out. If you're, if you're getting creepy vibes, like you are the final say, you know, like consent kind of vibes. <laughs> I really like that, actually, because I'm sure we all have an experience with a roommate we might not have loved. So, Right. Oh, my gosh. And we lived together for like six years. And I would say half of that we were doing this sort of like situation around. We would just kind of look at each other and be like, hey, I'm going to go here or I'm going to go there and just like have a conversation about it. The one critical person that I would say we left out of the conversation was our landlord. (laughs) (laughs) And it was so funny because at the end when we were all moving out, someone who had subleased from me brought up to the landlord like, oh, yeah, like they're not even supposed to be talking, by the way, like do not talk to my landlord. This is low key. Like this is on the low. Mm -hmm. And she talked to him. She's like, yeah, I've been staying here for like three months. My landlord's like, you were what? Huh? <laughs> uh-huh, exactly. Good thing I was in Texas. She couldn't do nothing no more. But I think that's why I brought up firstly is like, make sure that your apartment allows it. Because we just kind of assumed they did and we went for it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it worked out. Yeah. So to kick things off, mind telling folks a little bit about your content in your own words and your journey to finding your very unique voice. I am a solo traveling sex educator. I like to say that I serve like sultry, sensual, (laughs) informative content realness if you watch RuPaul's Drag Race. Yes. (laughs) But I also encourage folks to like unpack shame and unpack their backpacks simultaneously. But Ah. I I don't know what my voice is. I think I'm still figuring that out. But I think That's also what has built my community is the fact that like, yeah, she is still trying to figure out what her voice is or what Mm. her content is because I've been doing this for six or seven years now. And that's like I've evolved so much. So I think my voice is going to change as I grow, too. So I really appreciate that it, it is constantly changing with me. Yes, yes. Okay, ebbing, flowing. And most importantly, tell us what you go by online. Like... (laughs) Come on. <laughs> the Nomadic Nympho is my pseudonym, my, my uh, superhero name. I love it. And from one pseudonym loving queen to another, it's so much power is in coming up with a name. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. For me with the, the term globe thotter, like it just, it packs a punch, right? <laughs> yes. 
And you can just be exactly this character, like not in the way of like, oh, I'm wearing a mask, but sometimes like it just becomes this larger than life personality you can really lean into. Mm -hmm. I discovered you through some of our like travel mutuals. And when I saw the name, I was like, I need to connect with this person. I love it so much. Yes, yes. The girls that get it, get it. The same (laughs) with yours. You popped up on, you know, my notifications. And I mean, I think it was a couple of days before I was like, I think you need to be on the pod. (laughs) (laughs) amazing where did the name nomadic nympho come from so originally it started out as the post-grad nomad because i started traveling like right after i graduated and then i was like do i want to be known as the post-grad nomad in Mm. like 20 years like i'm always gonna be post-graduate but it just doesn't align fair and typically when i tell people and by people i mean men that I teach sex education, they kind of just ignore the education part and just like hear sex, 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 sex. Oh my God. Yeah, it's exhausting. (laughs) Yeah, that definitely resonates. (laughs) They'll say like, oh, you must be such a freak or like you must be such a nympho in the sack. So it was kind of my way of like reclaiming nympho. Yeah. And then I was like, this just works. So I'm just gonna take it and run with it. I love it. I love it. We definitely had a similar path of just like taking back a word. For me, it was thought, you know, yes. <laughs> like I love like, oh, my God, in the past, I'd be like, I'm gonna like go shopping for my thought top or like, I want to go thoughting tonight. And like, <laughs> it's exactly going back to the girls that get it, get it. And the ones that don't don't. And why are they always men? <laughs> yes, it's like our own kind of our Sasha Fierce, our Sasha Fierce names. That's the way. Oh, so true. Yeah, you see? Exactly. And I also take it in this way that we kind of like reclaim the word bitch too. Yes. You know, like, that's my bitch. Or like, you look hot, bitch. You know, like that <laughs> is, has so much sass. I love it. I love it. I have here in my notes for this convo was, yeah, men being creepy about these sorts of things. See? Gosh. This was meant to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, It's yeah. really exhausting. It really can be. And so I'd love to hear, like, I mean, as someone who is like a sexually empowered woman or, you know, stepping into the spotlight on these subjects, like, Mm -hmm. what are some of your clapbacks or like some of the ways that you have just been like, ugh, 10 feet, get away? (laughs) Now the block button is my favorite feature in the world. I used to feel like I needed to take on every comment Mm. I would get or like try to invite folks into the conversation and educate them. And while I still think you should do that, it's exhausting to do that all the time. And some people really are doing it to just get a reaction out of you. I used to use the like small dick energy (laughs) thing all the time, but I'm trying to shift away from that because I do have like clients and followers that don't, yeah, Exactly. That don't feel confident in their bodies because of size. Oh, you know what? You're like, it's a mentality, babes. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So I've just got to get into this. When I was digging through your TikTok, I saw you use the hashtag. Oh, yes, of course. I was doing my homework, babes. (laughs) I saw you use the hashtag certified freaks. Please tell me about it and this community (laughs) that you're building. It's there's multiple meanings to the word freak. Like, I'm sure back in the day in high school when you someone being called a freak was like, they're weird. They're like doing something that's not normal. But again, it goes back to me telling men that I'm a sex educator and they're like, oh, you must be such a freak. Oh, so it was just combining it and making the community that I'm trying to build 
know that like it's okay to be a freak in whatever way yeah. that is for you. Like just own the things that make you weird, that make you a quote unquote deviant or different. Like own that because oh my gosh, being weird is like one of my favorite compliments. It's the best thing that anyone could call you. Yeah, that sounds like just a really powerful perspective flip. Yeah. And again, owning it and owning it before someone can weaponize it against you. Exactly. Or even after they have. You're like, yeah, I refuse. And what? <laughs> what are you going to do? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like all those like cheesy quotes that would be up in the library as like elementary like in middle school kids, and they were just like, okay, whatever, that's just words on a poster. And now like we as adults look back, and I always think of this Eleanor Roosevelt quote was like, you cannot make me feel inferior without my consent. Yes. And that hits now as we are like adult women. Like I love that so much. Truly, like if I feel good about me and what I'm doing and the creative impact I'm having on this world, like you can't touch me. Exactly. Really. It's so fascinating how much from our youth comes like full circle because like you said I would see those things in the library and just be like whatever I'm what 13 like who cares about that and now I want it tattooed on my body (laughs) right tramp stamp because I'm taking that word back too (laughs) oh my gosh yeah I'm gonna make a list for us of all the words we're reclaiming (laughs) yes Honestly, like in my head, I'm already kind of visualizing like if we're ever in the same country, like the globe thoughties and the certified freaks need to have a night out. Like how crazy would that be? Like a (laughs) meetup? A little speed dating thing? Okay, I'm manifesting this. Oh my God. Yes, we'll put it on our vision boards and that town wherever we meet up has no idea what they're in for. (laughs) (laughs) So you have a graduate diploma in sexualities, marriages, and families. I do, I do. Firstly, let's unpack that and what did you learn in that era, but also how has that informed your perspective and the content that you create? So I have an undergraduate degree in social and applied human sciences. So what that is, is we study anything from the age 18 until death. And yeah, it was just like a slew of different information and just a lot of classes on human sexuality and development. And I knew that I wanted to do something in the sexual sphere, but I just wanted my craft to be more tailored, which is why I took this diploma. So I've taken classes on like the dynamics of dating, on porn, on anatomy around the world and in different countries. And it just really opened up my perspective, especially to like BDSM, which is Mm. something that I really wouldn't have looked into on my own and really how conversations about sex are different all over the world. It's I've taken the most fascinating classes ever in that diploma, and I'm really, really grateful for it. Wow, that is so cool. You know, when I was an undergrad, I unintentionally kept signing up for sociology classes just because it was Mm -hmm. so interesting to me and ended up with an accidental minor, basically. But it was great because you're exactly like what you're saying. You're sitting there and you're learning about like, why do we function the way we do? But also like, you know, the folks that are on the fringe of society that are like, you know, walking in an opposite direction as the mainstream. And like, I mean, well, these are the certified freaks, I'll say, you know, (laughs) so (laughs) super, super cool. So when did you first get the travel bug? I think I've always kind of had it. Like, I've just always wanted to know what else was out there. And the town I live in is small. It's ugly. Everyone knows everyone. It's so boring. So I was like, there has to be more out here. 
And then when I went to university, my university town was also small, boring, and everyone knew each other. Mm. So in my third year of university, it was just really awful. I went through a really, really terrible breakup and was like, I need to leave my university town. Like, I need to get out of here or I'm going to transfer home or something bad is going to happen. So I went on like my university job portal and made sure that Canada and the U.S. were at the bottom of the locations and applied to every job that was everywhere else in the world. Wow. And then I got a job teaching English in Italy and took it and ran. And my best friend at the time was supposed to meet me after my contract was done. And the night before she was supposed to arrive, she called me and she said she wasn't coming. And we had been planning the trip for a solid six months, like saving and working just so we could afford to go. Whoa. And then I was like, you know what? I'm not coming home. Like, I'm just going to do this trip on my own. And since then, it's just, it's bit, it bit me hard. And now I can't seem to let up on it. Wow. Yeah. I can just imagine like you've got like that pre-trip jitters and then you get that call and you're like, uh, and that's when you have a choice. And I think so many yes. of us are familiar with that choice or we'll have to make a very similar one. And, you know, you are always stronger than that fear. Mm-hmm. You know, it will always surprise you. The universe favors these bold, brave decisions for real. It really does. How did the travel start for you? It's a good question. Because, you know, I did the study abroad experience, like the sort of cliche thing when I was junior in college. But I'm always really honest about it. I was there for a summer and like the first half, I was so resistant. I'm a nurse, I'm a Taurus. I can be so like, in my ways. Like I know this about me. It's the truth. Travel has helped me overcome it. But that first month and a half, I was like, oh, you know, like so clenched. (laughs) And it was actually travel love that helped me to kind of swim out of that. And I remember halfway through meeting some really cool dude at a music festival. Of course. From Northern Ireland, (laughs) you know, Asked him what time it was and the rest is history and (laughs) just kind of let myself get swept away. And wow, perspective is everything. The whole like second half of that summer was completely different. My energy was different. And so the outside world was reflecting that, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah, that summer ended and I kind of went back into like the real world back in the US and it was the girl boss era. So I spent like five, six years climbing that ladder, you know, making a stacked resume up until I was laid off. And then that's when I was like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) And I already had a trip planned with a girlfriend to Portugal, to Lisbon specifically. Great solo travel city if you want to just like start there. I love there. It's beautiful. Right, right. And basically, that's when I started solo traveling on my own. I spent a month there kind of going to all like the capital cities, like, you know, the vibe when you don't really mm-hmm. know what's up. You're like, yeah, I'll go from Rome to Berlin to Amsterdam. To Paris. Yeah, yes. exactly. Exactly. Very much could have been that route. And uh, that's when I realized like, ooh, like I could do this. I could come back. I stayed in a hostel for the first time. I was bit, same as you. Mm -hmm. And I also was like, these are my people. Oh my God. (laughs) And we go out every night and there's happy hours on the roof and I can nap whenever I want. Oh, amazing. This is the life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what's your go-to travel style these days? Oh, like Tiva's strapped as hard as they can be to my feet, a fanny pack and the lightest backpack I can find. I hate wheels. I think they are awful. 
Have you ever rolled wheels through the cobble streets of Europe? I'm about to be your enemy. I miss wheels. But it's because... Why? I'm not going to get away with this excuse with you. It's because I blame my hair products. No. Like I... <laughs> ah, you see? She she got a cute little afro. She's like, no, BS. No, but for real, I go with like several jars of leave-in conditioner. And so, well, firstly, I know I can't... I always have to check a bag. <gasps> you pay for luggage? My suitcase is massive. It's massive, truly. But you know what, yin and yang, baby? It would be terrible if we were the same. We could have been great. I'm trying to perspective flip here. (laughs) I'm like, you know what? I'll let you be you. You be me. (laughs) No. It's so humbling when your whole body is chattering behind you. Clack, 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 clack. The wheels. Oh, Oh, gosh. No, I know. But as I grow, I become more and more of this like, high and lows, right? Like I'll, I'll happily wheel my suitcase into a hostel, but I will take the Uber there. Okay. You know what I mean? Yes. So it's not as bad, but like when you get to the hostel, for example, and they're like, we're on the third floor and you've got this like massive wheelie suitcase. You're like, (laughs) I pay for my choice. I pay for my choice. Don't worry. Karma has me already. (laughs) Ugh wheels no yeah but for those listening that want to go your route what backpack brand do you recommend by the way <laughs> i use the uh, the farpoint 40 liter backpack but i get the men's one okay because the women's one is two liters less but it's Ugh. the same price for some odd reason the pink tags i swear i swear i have bought myself a backpack before and honestly like i just like fill it up and i'm like i haven't even put in toiletries what the f- <laughs> all of your hair products where are they gonna no. go <laughs> no oh my god well on the subject what is like your curls routine like do you typically go with braids or like what's up i used to be just like afro all summer long but i tried to get more into protective styles to be fancy but that okay. cost is adding up so quickly so before the protective styles it was just like coconut oil and the ocean air <laughs> just wow. let it be. I don't know if that's good for it, but that's what I was doing because I just can't be bothered. I would think so. I need to get in my unbothered era because my back is just is hurting <laughs> carrying all this on my back. I'm going to need your list. Maybe you can put me on some new products. No, because then you're going to be like me. <laughs> you're going to have to take it with you on trips. You don't want to be in this world. You don't want this. <laughs> But yes, no, I'll be glad. I'll be glad to share products. I also actually put them on my Amazon storefront, like all my little leave-ins and stuff. Because like, you know. Okay, I'll take a look. Yeah, I'd be doing like TikTok lives. I mean, fellow curly heads are always like, dude, how do you do it? How do you do it? It's hard. So I'm like, this is what I do. Well, for folks listening, your curls are stunning. Thank you. It was a wash day. (laughs) (laughs) So one thing I noticed when digging through your content yet again is you do not shy away from sharing some of the more racist experiences that you've encountered while abroad, particularly during your time living in Australia. I'd love to hear like, what is a piece of wisdom that you were able to kind of like spin out of these not so great experiences that you would share with someone listening who is worried about possibly experiencing racism on their own trip abroad? I always talk about Sydney, Australia, because I lived there for a long time, but I think it's important to note. But I always encourage everyone like to just go because my yeah. experience isn't going to be your experience. 
And I definitely wouldn't take advice from someone who hasn't been there. Like when I wanted to go to Australia in the first place, people were like, don't go there. Everything can kill you. You're going to have a horrible time like this, that, and the third. And I said, well, you haven't been. So let me go for myself and figure it out. And I did. Mm -hmm. But the Black experience isn't uniform. They're all going to be different. Mm -hmm. You could go to Sydney and absolutely love it. So just go draw your own conclusions. Yeah. Like be diligent and do your research. And if it doesn't serve you, then find somewhere else. Like we have so many countries to visit and that there's a privilege in that, but know that you don't have to stay and just endure it if it's really making you feel uncomfortable. That is so valid. And I think, you know, we can come up with so many reasons as to why, oh, there it is. There's that negative bias. Uh, You know, we have these brains that have the bias of, okay, I saw one piece of information or someone shared one terrible experience. I'm not going. And if we're not careful, like you said, we can use that as a reason to not live our lives. Exactly. We've got to get out there and and trust, trust ourselves in these situations. Because there's so much that you're going to learn about yourself and the world and like what you're capable of. And if you never go, then you're never going to learn or know. Right. 100%. 100%. I liked the caveat too of, okay, if you went and you're realizing that, well, hey, this isn't a positive experience. That's another part of solo travel that is so amazing is pack up your shit and go. Yes. Go where you can find your people, where you are welcome. I don't know if you've ever done this, but like I've left hostels. Like I'm like, mm, not the vibe. Bye. No. Yeah, I've left. <laughs> but you're paying for it. So it makes sense. Like if you feel unsafe or uncomfortable, pack up your wheels and get <laughs> It's a dramatic exit. I'll be, I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> packing up my wheels. You make me sound like that kid in elementary with the wheelie suitcase. Yes. We all know him. <laughs> we all judged him. <laughs> that is so funny. But yeah, on one of the past episodes, it was uh, called uh, Travel Long Enough to See Yourself Become the Villain. <laughs> I interviewed this guy, a former travel crush, Jackson, and we actually met at this hostel in Lisbon that was a crazy party hostel that like just never again. Oh no. And like the number one way to describe it would just be like sticky. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> sticky. And everybody was hungover and it was just, I think I arrived on like the third day of a bender or something because everybody. I feel like I can feel the air of the hostel while you are talking about it. Am I painting the scene? Yes. Am I painting the scene? You guys, you have to listen to this episode. It's freaking oh hilarious because i i remember like my one big takeaway too by like night one i'm getting ready for the pub crawl like woohoo i'm like where are their mirrors there's no mirrors in this place it's just sticky and weird vibes yeah and the few mirrors were like you know that kind that's like a dark shade and it's like yes i cannot i can't put on (laughs) concealer like is it on i don't know (laughs) so the reason i bring this story up though was was super random there was it was just chaos in the dorms and you would be assigned this bed but someone was sleeping in it or you know your bed was assigned with matching locker right and someone was using my locker and I thought no big deal we've all been there right I'll take it on the chin I'll just use the empty one next to it went to go brush my teeth and you know spitting out the water look back up and I'm surrounded by these three older men three older men and they're like your stuff is in my locker get it out right now it from the jump from the jump, aggressive and weird. And I was just there with my toothbrush like, okay, fight or flight, fight or flight, what's happening? Yeah. And I was like, you know what? It's okay. Everything's fine. 
And he was not having it. Like, you know, when you try and diffuse a situation, they were like, no, like, this is a big deal. And I was like, okay, well, how about... That's so intimidating. I know. I know. And I was like, how about we go downstairs and we'll talk it out with the manager? And they were like, no, we'll figure it out. I was like, okay. So anyway, I finish up my stuff. I grab my stuff out of that locker and I go downstairs to talk to the manager who, again, on third day of a bender is like, what? What's happening? (laughs) And I tell them the situation and the response back was like, okay, I don't really know what you want me to do. And I was like, well, I'd like to leave that room at the very least because I don't feel comfortable sleeping in this room with them in there. And they were like, "Mm, the place is sold out. Sorry. Like, it was just like, can't help you. And so I I took my wheels and I, you know, went down (laughs) several flight of stairs, as you know, the hostels can always have. And I'm like, I'm leaving. And I ended up at this really beautiful hostel lost in Lisbon. Beautiful, beautiful. When I saw it on Hostel World, it did not have any comments about stickiness, like 10 out of 10 for cleanliness. (laughs) And it had won the award that year for like best place for solo female travelers. Oh, wow. And I was like, forget ever staying in a party hostel. I can find the party at night. I want calm. And I went and I had like the best several next days. It was just night and day. Good for you for like knowing your needs, though, because I feel like especially as women, sometimes we'll just stick it out because we don't want to come off as like the bitch or. Oh, my God. You know, but good for you. For real. I mean, I just did not feel safe. And we talked about it on that podcast, but Jackson had left that day. And I was like, and there was my one ally in the room that I had met. (laughs) We exchanged Instagrams, WhatsApps, whatever. And he was like, well, I'm leaving. And then that happened right after. And I was like, yeah, this isn't the place for me. But when you know, you know. And I think that's a really positive thing about hostels is they are still on the more like reasonably priced side that say, you know, you've booked three days on your first night, it's not great, you can leave. And exactly, you almost kind of work it into the budget of like, sometimes there's just accidents, and you you have to fork out a little bit more money. Mm -hmm. So something else that I really love about your content is how you bring your light and very unique energy to topics that can so often be shrouded in shame, and be made to feel heavy or quote, wrong. Talk to us a bit about the power of vulnerability and your experience sharing your own story. So this all started because I went through that bad breakup that I was telling Mm. about that sparked the travel. But I decided to document my experiences on YouTube because I was like, you know what? Let's just see the bad bitch that I blossom into when I'm on the other side of this breakup and videos like took off. It was like 10K, 52K, 30K. So I was like, okay, I'm not the only one going through this. So I feel like when we remove shame through conversation and connection, that's when we're able to be more vulnerable and have these conversations. And I really feel like when you lean into vulnerability, you're able to show up as your most authentic and most open self. And we really aren't alone in our experiences. Like, my YouTube channel has taught me that, but even TikTok, oh, like think yeah. about how much stuff you see on your for you page and you're like, wow, so we're really all living the same life. It's just <laughs> different places. <laughs> Absolutely. We are living the same experience and no experience is unique. It's just yes. who has the guts to say it first and then open that door for the conversation. And there's there's already so much shame around sexuality to begin with and i'm like i'm just over it like we're 
well, most of us are doing it or have a relationship with it or like, why can't we talk about it? Yeah. We talk about basically everything else. Like, why shouldn't we be able to talk about being vulnerable or what makes us sad or sexuality also? Right, right. And you bring up how, I mean, the numbers were numbering when you were posting this sort of content. Yes. <laughs> and that's something I've noticed too. You know, people talk about the viral button, right? And it's like, be vulnerable. Two Vs, viral and vulnerable. <laughs> For sure. They go hand in hand. Like, say it. They really do. And know you're going to survive it. Even when the weirdo misogynists come through in the comments, like, I've had some really weird comments. And I think one time even a guy left, like, a threatening voice memo on Instagram. What? Yeah, it was weird. I was, like, sharing a dating story and I, I was like, oh, weird. What's under my message requests? And it was this voice memo and it was, like, just really scary and weird. And I was like, ugh. And these people, they're real, you know, they're out there in this world. But I went to bed that night and I woke up the next day and I was alive. And I was like, I survived that. I survived that. I'm going to jump again. And I'm going to jump again and again and again. again. (laughs) Yeah. So on your channel, you're pretty candid about sexual health, sexual wellness, and having these like sort of intimate encounters, whether you're traveling or just, you know, in everyday life. And, you know, something that I've noticed in my own experience is One of the more daunting parts of getting intimate with somebody, either, you know, in my everyday life or but particularly while traveling, is getting clear, clear on things like consent, you know, STI status and protection. Do you have any tips to share with the audience or maybe even conversation scripts that you have used in the past for having that conversation with, say, a new lover that you've met while traveling? I... (laughs) Abroad, it's really interesting when they speak a different language because Google Translate is going to be your best friend Yes, in those situations. Like, I really feel like you can't go in blind. Like, our bodies talk a lot for us, but you still you still got to get there with words. Yes. But I would suggest letting them lead or asking them questions that allow them to guide the conversation a little bit. So asking them what they like first. And then through that, you can be like, well, oh, like I've never tried that or, oh, that's something I'm interested in too. Yeah. And if you're someone who sleeps with men, I find that most often it kind of makes them feel like extra important or like special that they, that someone is asking them and that they get to lead the conversation or just asking them like about their sexual experiences. Like when was the last time that you had really good sex or like what made your last sexual experience really good? Mm -hmm. And then just kind of tailoring how you want your sex to look like through that. Okay, okay. We're getting like the full experience here. And (laughs) I, I truly am such a believer that knowledge is power. Yes. You know, knowledge is power for all us avoidance listening. Like it truly is. Like ask the questions. And before even hitting the bedroom, like get clear on maybe it's like status, things like that too. I know that that can feel so unsexy, but in the world we're living in today, it's like it's so necessary, you know? And I think it's it's the opposite. Like there's nothing sexier than knowing that someone is taking care of their sexual health. Thank you. You know, like I think that's the hottest thing in the world. I'm totally going to take that one with me. It's that perspective flip yet again. That, you know, like we were saying, knowledge is empowering and gosh, someone who takes care of themselves and knows their status and checks in on themselves, you know? Yes. I often get asked for sex toy recommendations. Like that's like the frequently asked question. Oh. And I like to say like the 
best sex toy you'll ever own is your throat for (laughs) multiple reasons. But because when you open it and communicate, that's how you learn about your partner. That's how you talk to them. That's how you learn about desires, wants, and needs, like exercising your voice to really get acquainted. Wow. The throat chakra, baby. The throat chakra. (laughs) And you know what? Just on the subject of sex toys, I am not someone who has traveled with one, but I regret it every time. (laughs) You gotta get like, I have this one. It looks like a necklace. Oh. And it, it vibrates. I'll send you the link. You know what? We usually do include helpful links in every episode notes. Maybe we'll link your favorite sex toy. I don't know. That could be fun. Please. I would love that. Okay, cool. Travel-friendly sex toys. Amazing. Love that. You know, but for real, it's so funny. I noticed this when I was in Mexico City. I was staying there for a month, had a super cute Airbnb, woke up mad horny, you know, one day as often happens. And I'm just like, I feel like a handsmaid um, having to do this manually. I am (laughs) in another century. But what I will say is in a place like Mexico City, I think a lot of places in Latin America in the big metro cities, Uber Eats and all that stuff, they have the like not just food. They have things like the pharmacy is on there. There was in Mexico City, there was a sex shop on Uber Eats like delivery. Why didn't you tap into that? I honestly was thinking about it. I was like, oh, they got the rose. I've been hearing great things. But then the delivery was just going to take too long. I was like, I'm done. I finished, okay? (laughs) I am done. (laughs) You know, like that would have been the craziest thing I think that I've possibly done in the heat of a moment. Because like, you're not yourself when you're like that hornball, you know? Like slams the laptop shut after like, I bought three sex toys. (laughs) (laughs) And now the guy's on his way in a Vespa. <laughs> but getting your, your sex delivered to you is just like top tier treatment. <laughs> that is, it's honestly like living in the year 3000. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, so funny. So while we're on the subject, let's talk a little bit about post-trip aftercare. What does that look like for you? Immediately to the clinic. <laughs> Yeah, same, same. I try to do it when I'm on my trip too. Not that I'm out here like slinging coochie in every city, which if you do, good for you. I just don't have, I'm not in cities like long enough to develop like lovers and relationships. But anyways, off topic, I will usually try to go to the hospital like when I am abroad and Mm. they'll just like redirect you to the STI screening clinics and most places you can get the results sent to your phone. But once I'm back home, I'm definitely going to the clinic to to get tested and just get like up to date on my status so I know. Right. It's empowering. I'm the same. I a couple months ago actually went and got like a full blood panel for free at one of the local clinics. And it was really cool just to see. It was like, wow, y'all give all this stuff for free. I was taking condoms with me. <laughs> I was like, this is great. The guy who was testing me was like, you have a really positive attitude. And I'm like, because this is free and this is important. (laughs) Yes. Is it different in the States? Like, do you have to ask for the blood panel or is it included? Right. So I went basically on Google and was like free STI test. And I put in my city and, you know, you could go to a normal doctor or pay for it, whatever. But there are a lot of resources, particularly this one was kind of designed and really pushed for like the gay community in my town. But I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm here and I'm ready to get my blood drawn too. And so, I mean, it was really cool. It was a super safe space. 
They offer all sorts of events. There were flyers for like Zumba night. I was like, this is really awesome. (laughs) And so, you know, I think this is also a good piece of advice is like, don't be scared of these places. They're literally designed for you. Yes. And it's confidential. They said when they were going to, you know, send me the results, either it was going to be through text or if they were to call, they were going to, you know, use a, like not a pseudonym, but like they were going to call under like certain circumstances to not give you away, you know? And I was like, you know what? They've got my back through this. And again, like you said, like after the trip, expeditiously go to the clinic, clear (laughs) your name and breathe. Yes. And breathe a sigh of relief, you know? And again, also while you're on your trip, be safe. So it's not like, oh my God, did I just play Russian roulette? No, it's just just a confirmation, you know, that all's good. Exactly. And if you're uncomfortable or still have a little bit of shame around it, you can give them a fake name. Just make sure your phone number or your email is the correct one so you can get your status back. Yeah, baby steps, babe. Do what you got to do to get information, for sure. You know, on a related note, this isn't necessarily aftercare when I'm back in the States, but this was something that happened to me when I was in Budapest. And I remember I had had an encounter in the hostel. And as so often can happen, I got really paranoid. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really even have anything to be paranoid about. But I was like, I need the morning after pill, stat. And I went to the pharmacy and that's where they told me very politely, oh, you need a prescription for that. And so I share this, you know, as a cautionary tale. I went to the doctor and I got it. It was not the easiest thing. It took me basically all day. You know, I'm going through like the Hungarian doctor system now to get my teeny weeny little sugar pill. But I say this because, you know, here in the States, and I don't know about Canada, but you can get that at Walgreens. You can get that at the pharmacy. Yes. Easy peasy. It's not the same everywhere. Different countries have different laws. Know that before you go. Yeah, that's that's a really important point and something to definitely look into. When I was in Portugal last summer, I had an encounter. I'm going to use this word. It's like, it's so cheeky. Mm-hmm. And I went to the hospital and nobody spoke English, obviously, because we're in Portugal. So I was kind of freaking out. And I knew how to say like, hello, thank you, goodbye, not like, I need an exam. (laughs) (laughs) But I called a hotline and I got a translator and I just brought the phone around to different departments in the hospital and was able to do it that way. So there are some resources, but you should definitely do your research beforehand. Yeah, 100%. It keeps coming back to this theme throughout the episode that knowledge is power. Do your research and, you know, it informs everything. Like when you're on that date or how you're going to, you know, go forward in your day. Like just, again, information being power and also trusting, you know, like you were able to figure it out. So many of us are so much more capable than we think and we will get ourselves through anything. For sure. And Google Translate. Gosh, snaps for Google Translate. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I love a good travel story. Tell us a bit about how you spent this past New Year's flewed out. You really did your research, girl. Mm -hmm. Detective. Did not come to play. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) I was in that TikTok algorithm, girl. Sometimes I forget what's out on the internet and then... This happens to me and brings me back to reality. (laughs) Oh, this happens to me often. Last summer, I went to visit my sister in Calgary, which is in Western Canada, for this like country music festival. She had been forcing me or trying to get me to come for years, but 
I'm not a country girl. I am now because it was a great time. Okay, yeehaw. <laughs> <laughs> yes, save a horse, let me ride or whatever. Yeah, woo, <laughs> let me ride. <laughs> I love that, I love that. <laughs> and um, she introduced me to to one of her friends and we just hit it off. And I guess the summer inferno just kind of heating up between us. Yeah. And we kept in contact because I was traveling like elsewhere throughout the summer. And then it just kind of fizzled out as it does with summer flings. But we reconnected at Christmas time and he told me he was going to Belize. And he was like, do you want to just come? Like, Oop, why not? Here, I'll book your ticket. I have the accommodations ready. Like, just show up. Stop. Yeah. Ugh. So I was in the airport on like New Year's Eve just sitting there trying to figure out like what was going to happen next. And it was honestly such a good vacation. We had lots of food. There was lots of sun. It was just really nice. I think we've determined that we're better off as friends, but it was a beautiful trip nonetheless. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Sounds like honestly very in the moment and between two consenting adults that are like, hey, we both know what this is. You know, I think <laughs> I think when you start getting the assuming game, oof, things can get dicey. Absolutely. And I'm one of those people that I'm like, this is what it is. Like, I'm letting you know from jump before I get there, this is what it looks like. This is what it's gonna look like. So just so you know, there's no surprises. You know what? Let us all take a note from that. Like, whenever your gut's telling you, say it, say it. Especially when you're about to hop on a flight. Yes. Get on the same page. I'm not going across the world to just show up and like, no, we need to have a conversation beforehand. Ugh, I love it. Love it. And okay, quickly, like, what was the vibe when you were like packing that suitcase? You're like, oh, like, what is going through your head? I'm about to go to Belize. He's paid for my flight. <laughs> <laughs> I was just shocked, actually. I'm like, men that do this, like this happens to me. Like I see people getting flued out all the time, but I didn't think it was going to be my reality. But also, I'm in my small hometown an attractive man wants me to come to the Caribbean. Like, I'm just stuffing things in my backpack. I don't even know what it is, but it's going in there. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. You go and it's just like all bras. And you're like, what? <laughs> what? Yes. <laughs> I need a toothbrush, a swimsuit, and flip-flops, and that's it. Honestly, you're all set, <laughs> babes. <laughs> also, I just have to say that I love that, like, country music was the aphrodisiac here for this meeting. Like, what? Right? <laughs> It's in the guitar strums. I'm telling you, the twang will just have you doing things you never thought you would before. Right. And, you know, tying it back to one of the first things we said on this pod, like, it's cold up there. It starts getting warm. Y'all start acting crazy up in Canada. It's just like your coochie Jeffros. Yeah. Comes to life. <laughs> and then it needs to be out. Wee! <laughs> <laughs> basically. Basically. So on that note... What's next for you? For the first time in my life, I don't know. And I'm kind of enjoying it. Like prior to the pandemic, I was someone that like had a five-year plan and a 10-year plan and I knew exactly what I was doing. But I think we all realize yeah. that the world will just do what it wants. So I have ideas of things I want to do. But for right now, I'm just enjoying where I am. And I'm kind of enjoying the uncertainty because that means that the possibilities are kind of endless. Love it. And that used to really scare me. 
Yeah. It's a nice place to be. I love that. Again, perspective flips and it's all what you make of it. Exactly. Like five years ago, like you said, you hear that phrase, like, I don't know. And you're like, what the fuck? (laughs) And now you're like, (laughs) oh my God, that means anything's possible. How beautiful. Absolutely anything. I love it. And lastly, how can people keep up with you? My Instagram, the Nomadic Nympho. My TikTok, for sex education is Janika Jewel, J-E-N-E-K-A-J-O-O-L. For travel stuff, it's the Nomadic Nympho on TikTok and my uninhibited podcast, which is temporary, <laughs> still editing episodes, but you can hear my voice there also. And my YouTube channel, the Nomadic Nympho. Yes, love it, love it. Well, thank you so much for coming through. Thank you. You guys, all of those all of those relevant links are going to be in this episode's description. Please drop by, check them out. And of course, like we said, that sex toy is going to be there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> going to be really curious which one you end up telling me is travel friendly and all that jazz. <laughs> but thank you so much for sharing and being so vulnerable and intimate with us. I loved our encounter. <laughs> oh, yes. Our entanglement. Yes. Uh, and best of luck on, on your trip. I'm really excited to follow your journey. Thank you. Thank you. And we will catch you guys on the flip side. Enchanté. To keep up with Janika and all her hijinks around the globe, head to this episode's description and give her a follow across social media. You won't regret it. Want to link up with like-minded globe thotties from all over the world? Find your squad by joining Globe Thotters Facebook group. Our Facebook group is a private space to ask all your travel cues, swap stories, and meet up with other adventurers on your wavelength. The Facebook group is also the first to hear about any trips I've got coming up and how you can join me. So to join the squad, all you gotta do is search Globethutter Travel Gang on Facebook. The link is also in this episode's description. Let's wrap things up with a juicy voicemail straight off the Globethutter hotline. Today's tale from Mel happens to do the impossible. Make a layover sexy. Take it away, Mel. I had a six-hour layover in the middle of the night in Milan, Italy. I landed in Milan, Bergamo, and my next flight left to Morocco at 5.40 in the morning from Alpenza. The public transportation was not working, but I asked the Italian guy beside me on my flight if he knew how I could get there and make my next flight. And so this guy and his four other male friends offered to give me a ride from Bergamo to Malpensa in the middle of the night after just meeting them. And I did. And it was totally fine, but a great story. Inspired to share your own epic travel story on the Globethotter hotline? All you gotta do is go to speakpipe.com slash Globethotter or click the link in this episode's description to leave an up to 90 second voicemail detailing your travel tale. A quickie, if you will. Want to stay anonymous? No name is required to leave a voicemail. Till next time, I'm Cassie Martinez.